Little Rock Trojan Sports Properties in conjunction with Little Rock Athletics present Big Talk on Little Rock, a deeper look inside Little Rock Trojan Athletics. Now, here is your host of Big Talk on Little Rock, the voice of Little Rock women's basketball, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another Big Talk on Little Rock. We are joined by Darius Mays, Deputy AD for Internal Operations. Darius, good to see you. So explain to me your title. What all does that entail? Well, appreciate you for having me, Trey, and uh, put me on the spot with that question. Um, I'll say anything that is not forward-facing within the department. I have some level um, of involvement with it. Um, direct oversight of our facilities, event management, and operations team. Uh, but anything, like I said, behind the scenes, I have some hand in it, depending on what it is. Yeah. So you were born and raised in Little Rock, and I've been told that you grew up basically five minutes from the Jack. It's funny. Um, my dad actually in the house that he lived in is right up on Fair Park. And so I was literally right around the corner from the Jack um, majority of my life. Um, my mom, my sister, and I, we stayed with my grandmother when they moved here. Um, and that is probably five minutes away from campus. And so even still, I attended Williams Magnet, which is right off of 8th Street, uh, yep. Forest Heights, right off of Evergreen. Um, went to high school at Hall High. So I've literally not ever been outside of this area um, as long as I've been in Little Rock. So that's, that's definitely interesting. A fun fact that I always tell people. The Hall High part gets me because I was a part of you Patriots. So, you know, oh, man. Patriots <laughs> and Warriors, we just don't get along. At all. You know, what's even better is that my wife is a Parkview graduate as well. well. She, so she's the smart side of the family, I right? I don't know about that. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, definitely, we definitely have some heated debates. Uh, we knew each other in high school through um, summer track. Um, she competed in hurdles. I was a sprinter and just kind of connected then and stayed in contact and once I moved back to Little Rock, she was at a basketball game. We kind of reconnected there, and the rest is history. Now we're married and have a little one on the way. So it's it's been wow. a fast four years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a fast four years. Congratulations on the little one coming, coming along. Um, my wife's going to love this part because you went to Baylor and pursued athletic training. Um, but you recognize earlier that wasn't the path for you. That's not what's going to excite my wife, the fact that you went to Baylor excites my wife because she tells me all the time he went to Baylor I like him she went to Baylor yeah Sigmund Bears um it is so funny too how that ended up happening um I think being a kid from Little Rock a lot of us are fearful from leaving the nest um and I was definitely one of those people um and UCA at the time was kind of my dream school I was locked in on going there uh just to be with my friends and just to stay around people I knew um, but at the time when I was applying for school, um, just knew, I wanted to do physical therapy at the time and was told that Baylor had a really strong physical therapy program and just really applied on a whim. And I can remember I was taking a nap, hadn't heard anything from UCA, and it was a Saturday morning. Um, my grandmother knocks on the door and say, hey, uh, you got some mail. I was like, oh, man, what is this? Um, and I opened it up. It was an acceptance letter to Baylor, and they offered me a pretty nice scholarship. Wow. Um, couldn't really turn that down. Um, and it, like I said, it had been some time. I was waiting to hear back from UCA. Ironically enough, um, a week later is when I got my acceptance letter to UCA. And so I think the stars were kind of aligned, and it was just destined for me to, to go to Baylor. And um, that's where I ended up. Um, Definitely was a, a culture shock. I'll say a kid from Little Rock never really 
um, being outside of here for any extended period of time. Um, getting around a bunch of Texans, they are a different breed. Yeah, they are. A they different are different. Breed. They are, and so for I'll say the first couple of weeks of school, I really went to class, um, went to the cafeteria, get some food, and went back to my dorm. Um, and I wouldn't say I was focused on making friends, but I was like, hey, um, this is college, and this is not what the college experience is supposed to be. And so I kind of challenged myself to uh, not be so introverted and kind of branch out and, and develop some friends, and I'm thankful for it because it, it definitely, I think, set the tone for um, my remaining three years in college, but as well as kind of my professional um, journey as well. One thing I know that when I go to Texas, I have to get is a Whataburger, and there's a Whataburger <laughs> right across the campus mm-hmm. there in Waco from Baylor University. No, it's so funny. Um, all of my friends, they just laugh at me because anytime I go to any city in Texas, that is the very first stop I make any single time. I was in um, recently in Dallas, um, and that was the very first stop I made. Even I had my Uber driver stop me and <laughs> take me by a Whataburger just so I could get something. Um, all of my friends from Texas, like I said, they are um, used to it, and Whataburger really isn't a big deal to them. But to me, it's, it's it reminds me of college. I think a lot of it is just a nostalgic feeling, but um, uh, it, it's definitely my first stop when I when I go to Texas. You started here at Little Rock. You went, you were an intern, mm-hmm. and then you were promoted to full time just after one year here yeah. at Little Rock. That I mean, talk about fast track. To say the least, it's so funny how that happened. I can remember our um, then AD Chase Conk, he emailed me on a Friday and said, hey, uh, would you be able to go to lunch on Wednesday? And in my head, panic mode was like, oh, man, what did I do? What's going on? What is he going to talk to me about? Because uh, I really had no idea. And so fast forward to Wednesday, we went to lunch. Um, started asking me some personal questions. Uh, just what is the family situation like? Do you have any siblings? Um, what are your personal goals? So, um, so on and so forth. And then he kind of explained that, um, he had been thinking of creating the position director of internal operations and um, our then associate athletic director, um, Eric Silikowski, had recommended me to Chase for that role. And I'll say that was probably in January. And so the next several months kind of were an on-the-job interview. Um, I like to say I did pretty well. <laughs> I ended yeah. up in the position, but um, it, it definitely shocked me. But at the same time, it didn't, I will say, um, I wanted to position myself to at least take something from my internship and um, try to not just um, go through the motions, really wanted to develop relationships with the people in the department, the coaches, um, just learn about them, um, get get to know their personal journeys um, while they're doing what they're doing, um, as well as kind of learn and pick their brains and just be a sponge. And I'll say I, I never said no to anything that was given to me. And sometimes that was to my betterment, sometimes it's to my detriment. But um, it ended up all working out, I think, how it was supposed to. And like I said, I was I was fortunate enough to land in that role. And it, I say that's where things really picked up from there. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say because it seems like every time I see you, A, you've always got a smile on your face. B, you're always moving fast, which goes back to the track background. But but C is you've never said no. I mean, anytime I'm around you and I see you talking with other people or I have a question for you and I ask you a question about something, there's never a no. It's either a yes or let me think on that and I'll get back to you. Well, to that one point of always having a smile on my face, I'm the older sibling of four younger, so I've always kind of had to be that role model. And I never really get, like, angry or upset Um I try to keep it very even keel, and I know that 
I've learned that having a positive mindset can just help any situation that you're in. Um, and as far as the moving fast, yes, I, I have to slow down a lot of times. It's funny <laughs> that I look at my watch and I'm already at like 10,000 steps very early in the day. And I said, okay, you might need to chill. It's, it's just very hard for me to sit still. Um, even in doing this, I'm moving my leg around or something. It's, it, I just don't know how to sit still. But um, it, it, it's, it's been a journey. And I'll say that I'm, I'm very blessed and fortunate that um, saying no it's helped me get to this far. I think now the next the next step in my journey is learning how to say no, but in a strategic way and learning how to delegate just so I can free um, free my plate up to kind of help on some higher level things that, that George Lee wants, uh, wants me to knock out. So um, it's not always easy to say no um, and kind of remove yourself out of the day to day. But I know just from a career journey standpoint, learning how to say no um, will help me get to that next level and also I think help um, those who are under me on my staff um, to be able to entrust them with duties and um, responsibilities that I once um, directly had a part in and so now I can kind of lean on them uh, to get the job done so speaking of that career path level where where do you want to end up do you want to be an athletic director someday and have your own department that is the goal. I'll say it's funny, too, because I've recently been thinking, you know, it'd be pretty cool to be a conference commissioner. Um, so I'll say conference commissioner or athletic director for sure. I definitely aspire to be um, in a leadership position, um, not just within the organization, but actually leading the organization. I know leadership can be senior associate, deputy athletics director, but I definitely do aspire to be either um, an athletic director or a conference commissioner or both. You never know. Uh, the sky's the limit there, but leading an organization definitely is um, in the tea leaves for me. Speaking of that leadership role, you were selected to participate in the NCAA Dr. Charles Whitcomb Leadership Institute. Uh, that institute has some very notable alumni. What was that experience like for you? It's um, It's funny because I think going into it, really all I had an idea of and – the picture in my head was just the networking opportunity that came. Um, like you mentioned, very um, notable alum, a lot of current athletic directors, deputy athletic directors, um, senior level uh, conference uh, associates. Um, but once you get into it, I think that's truly where the transformation happens. Um, I think my class or cohort was unique and we initially were going to get started in the summer of 2020. Um, but obviously weren't able to do so because of the pandemic. And so um, I think the NCAA's leadership development staff had a choice to just postpone the program or to um, modify it in a way to kind of adapt to the times. And so we were, and I think we will be the only class to have a quote unquote year zero um, where we did all just virtual programming. Um, and I'll say that truly um, led to our class and I'll, I'll be biased and say we're the best class that have come through the program <laughs> uh, just because that extra year of connection. Um, mm -hmm. We really got to know each other. Um, I joke and say that outside of people in the department and my family, they were some of the first people to know that I was even planning on in proposing to Ashton, um, my girlfriend at the time. And so um, it's funny how that translated to our first in-year, um, in-person, sorry, segment in this past October and you walk in and normally those type of conferences and things like that, um, it's awkward because you don't know these people. You haven't really met them before. 
But day one, we're going in there, um, guns a-blazing. No walls to break down, no icebreaker sessions really needed. They really they had that lined up for us, but we skipped over that because we already had um, formed close relationships with everybody in our class. Uh, and because of that, I think that allowed us to really dive in a lot more to the sessions um, and programming discussions that we had because we were just willing to be vulnerable and open with everybody because uh, we already had that trust established. That's the biggest thing with, um, I'll say, any team or group of people. You have to have um, trust to be able to be vulnerable and be honest um, so that everyone knows that you have their best interests um, in mind and vice versa. And so year one of that program is really centered around um, understanding what your core values are, diving into that, what core values are, um, how you kind of present those and project those out into the public, um, understand how to craft a vision, build alignment, buy-in, um, and then execute. Um, and then year two, which I just recently completed, I guess it's been two weeks now, um, is really more so geared around operationalizing that and putting that into a leadership philosophy. Um, they have us speak with um, a search firm to kind of hear about how that process goes. We mm -hmm. had two um, athletic directors serve on a panel, um, Rick Hart at SMU and Ren Baker at um, UNT. And so they kind of got to speak with us about their professional journey, what it's like being in the chair, especially during this, this crazy time of college athletics. Um, but a lot of conversations, like I said, geared around putting your core values into practice and I hope and I like to say that um, the past two-ish years um, have been transformational for me, and I hope that it has been able to kind of translate back into the department as I interact with everyone. I think it just helps ground you. A, a you get to chat with um, people across the industry, no matter division. We had Power 5 all the way down to Division 3, and you get to hear what, what they're going through on a day-to-day -day basis, and it kind of is, is reaffirming because – at times, I think we feel like we're the only ones dealing with something, but it matters not the level that you're at, the school, conference level, affiliate organization. Um, in a way, it's different, but we're all kind of still dealing with the same problems and can really um, bounce ideas off of each other to figure out what's the best way of doing this. And now I have a, a network of 12 other colleagues kind of in a similar place I am career-wise um, to be able to just bounce ideas off of. And we have a group me. Um, that is very active um, as, <laughs> as recently as like 30 minutes ago um, that we can just celebrate each other, um, offer challenges. We've challenged ourselves to do a, a, I say book club, but we're reading a book that we received um, while we we're in Dallas and kind of breaking that up and doing different discussions like that. So it's, it's truly transformational. It, it challenges you to um, really look inside, mm -hmm. but then also figure out a way to bring what's inside out. Um, and I'm, I'm very blessed to have been able to go through that. Um, like I said, be able to bring that back to now impact those that I work with, that I work for, and then most importantly, our student athletes here at Little Rock. For the fans of Little Rock Trojans out there that see you around the jack and everything, what's a typical game day like? Because outside of game day, I mean, you're here, you have hours that you're in the office, but even on a game day, you're in the office, but then you also have games to worry about, whether it be volleyball, basketball, soccer, baseball, sure. track and field. I mean, it's it's a full-time job, and then some. And then some, that is correct. I'll say game day now for me is a lot different than it was maybe two or so years ago. Um, I'll say the days leading up to a game day, um, I'm more so involved with just making sure um, 
that my team has kind of gotten all of our boxes checked. Um, on the internal side, you really are at the mercy of your processes and your planning. And so we have checklists. Um, let's say we have a Thursday conference game. On Monday, we're doing this. Tuesday, we're doing this. Wednesday, we're doing this. Um, and I'm a big proponent of as much as you can get done the day before or days leading up to a game, you want to knock all that out because game day, um, inevitably something is going to mm -hmm. come up and you don't want to spend time setting up. You want to um, be able to devote yourself to, quote unquote, putting out fires. And so um, it's really just preparing to be able to put out fires. And then on game day, like you mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm always walking around just to make sure things are running well. Um, and like I said, not being the one to necessarily if something is coming up um, or a concession line is too long or um, we've run out of something or this customer or fan is, is having an issue. I try to be like the last line of defense and let them work through the problems, just like I said, for their development. Um, but a lot of it is just walking around, observing, seeing if things are going well, um, chatting with each of the different members of the staff um, from a scores table standpoint. Hey, is everything going well um, from an external side? Anything we need to do? Um, but then also just kind of taking time to um, connect with our fans and supporters. I think that's a big piece is um, it's very easy on the internal side to just remain behind the scenes. And I know, like, like I say, I keep bringing it back to just career trajectory and, and getting better. Um, interacting with fans, supporters on a game day, that's the easiest way to just, A, build that connection. Um, but get, get your name out there. Get people to know who you are, um, A, so they just can see you and know who is this person that's always walking around. Um, but then maybe that builds on, on something um, later down the line. So um, I like to say I've started to take a step back um, from an involvement standpoint these last couple of years, um, but it's still a lot of work. I don't think I'll ever be able to just watch the game. Right. Um, I, I definitely get the steps in, and, and I'll, I'll continue to do that. Um, but I, I say if I could watch 5% of the game a couple of years ago, I'm probably like 20% of the game uh, now. You're, so You're getting up a little <laughs> easing bit. Easing up there, yeah. yeah. Easing up, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, aesthetically, the Jack Stevens Center, it's going to look a lot different to sure. Trojan fans this season. No, that is um, – really exciting um it's funny just thinking back to four years ago um to now just how how quick things can change and we used to make jokes about um what it would look like if it were to change and now to kind of see a lot of those things come to fruition uh it's been really magical to see um right out here right now they're hooking up the video board so we can finally get those fired up i know um supporters fans student athletes out there will be really excited to see just what all we're able to do and provide from a game day fan experience standpoint with the video boards, um, being able to provide a much more aesthetically pleasing and welcoming academic space for our student athletes. Um, that, that's been a big one. And that's one that I'm really, really happy about. Um, I think a lot of our student athletes didn't necessarily feel that that space was welcoming for them. And as we were thinking about ways to renovate and um, upgrade, that was one of the big things that we kept coming back to. How can we make this space more welcoming? And so we've added some lounge chairs. Um, we still will have um, individual workstations, but also just some group desks that um, could just make it more of a community type feel in the academic center. Um, and obviously upgrading, um, much-needed upgrades to the men's and women's basketball locker rooms. I think those are going to really be nice. And um, I don't think they've seen it, and they've not walked back there. So they'll, they'll be in for a really nice surprise. But it's crazy how um, a small idea can just take off. And, right. and there's little things that you improve here and there that can just make um, a world of difference. And so 
Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what we got in stores here in the next couple of weeks in this, this fall semester, um, like I said, for our fans, for our student-athletes as well. Well, Darius, thanks so much for the time. Um, I'm glad you were able to sit down. I mean, there might be a seatbelt over there. I can't tell if <laughs> you're, you're actually tied down to the chair. But thanks for your time and uh, uh, looking forward to big things out of you in the future. No, I appreciate the conversation, Trey, and thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening to Big Talk on Little Rock with Trey Schaff. This was a presentation of Little Rock Trojan Sports Properties in conjunction with Little Rock Athletics. Little Rock Athletics.